let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. It was a beautiful sunny day in Boston, USA on April 15th, 2013. Thousands had gathered from around the world to witness firsthand the world-famous Boston Marathon. A festive atmosphere filled the air as the crowd cheered on the runners. Among those enjoying the festivities was a man named James Costello and his friends. They had stationed themselves at the finish line in order to catch the action as it unfolded. But what they didn't know was that they were going to experience far more than a race. Suddenly and without warning, a bomb exploded just as James and his friends were watching the race unfold. Smoke billowed into the air as the ground shook. Then, just seconds later, a second bomb exploded, sending shrapnel and destruction into the crowd. Three people were killed, 264 were injured, including James Costello. James was badly burned on his legs. He was rushed to Massachusetts General Hospital, where he underwent multiple surgeries. From there, he was transferred to Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital to endure the long and gruesome process of recovery. Suddenly, life was put on hold. James lay crippled on his bed, wondering if he would ever recover. Dark days of depression, despair, doubt, and fear were worsened by painful treatments and physical therapy. But then, in the midst of his agony, something beautiful and unexpected took place. A young nurse named Krista D'Augustino was assigned to help James in his recovery and in his therapy. Whenever she came to his bedside, the paralyzing problems he faced seemed to disappear. As the days turned to weeks, James found himself not only gaining hope for his recovery and gaining strength to walk, but also falling in love as well. Eventually, James was able to walk out of the hospital and walk into a new life, a new life filled with hope, love, and Krista Diascastino. And so it was on Saturday, August 23rd, 2014, James and Krista were married in Boston, USA, not far from where the accident took place. In summarizing the miraculous turnaround in his life, James wrote these words, April 15th, was one of the worst days of my life. I soon wondered why and for what reason this had happened. I now realize why I was involved in the tragedy. It was to meet my best friend and the love of my life. What can you and I learn from the inspiring story of James Costello? Simply put, when you put your trust in God, your problem can become a platform for your progress. Your burden can become a bridge to your blessing. No matter what has come against you, no matter how badly you've been crippled or bound, God can turn it around. He can take you from the mire to a miracle. He can take you from crippled to Christ. That's the inspiring message in our sermon today, a sermon entitled, My Bondage is Gone. We're going to see the steps you can take, any of us can take, that will deliver you from whatever is keeping you bound. But before we discover the path of freedom, 
Let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we dedicate ourselves to you today and ask that you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and speak to us. Give us the truth we need, the revelation we desire, and the freedom that you've promised to us as we turn to you in faith. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to speak light and life and love and hope and freedom and liberty to everyone watching and listening. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment right now. Join your faith with mine. Put your hand on your chest and say after me, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello once again and welcome to Agape House New Testament Church. It's great to have you here today with us because I believe the power and the presence of God are in our midst. If you believe it, say amen. He's delivering us from anything and everything that will try to hold us back. And I believe by the grace of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we have liberty in Christ today. Now, it's especially good to be here today because we're also coming to the end of our sermon series titled, Gone. We began this series a few weeks ago with the sermon, My Sin is Gone. And in that sermon, we studied the story of the woman caught in adultery. Jesus delivered her. And when we turn to him, he will break the pain, the penalty, and the power of sin in our lives. Last week, our sermon was titled, My Fear is Gone. We looked at the story of Peter walking on water and how faith overcomes fear. And I want to encourage you to go after service to the Resource Center, get the CDs, get the pen drives, listen to the messages again and again, because the truth will set you free. And the more you listen to this word, the more your faith will grow and the more your miracle will manifest. And don't forget to buy some CDs and pen drives for your friends. They will thank you for it. Today we're coming to the end of the sermon series with the message titled, My Bondage is Gone. We're going to study the story of a man who was crippled for 38 years. Hey, but in one moment, Jesus set him free. And in his story, we can discover how to find our own freedom in Christ. Now, to help us learn the truth for today, we printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin. We provide these free of charge every week. So go ahead and take them out so you can follow along with me. If you're watching online or on TV, you can get the notes for free. Download them from our website or our social media platform. Go ahead and take out your notes right now. And they're at the top of your notes, you'll see our scripture text for today. It's found in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Now, receive the word of the Lord. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of them men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, 
pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank God for this amazing story and the miracle Jesus gave to this crippled man. And the good news for all of us is that we can learn truth today that will help us to apply this freedom to our own lives. When we follow the steps this man took, we too can shout, my bondage is gone. So today, let's discover three steps to freedom from bondage. And here's your first step today. You have to understand the crippled man's problem. See, in order to get free from bondage, you have to understand what the problem is. The Bible says in verse 5, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Now, at first glance, it seems very simple. The man's problem was that he was crippled. He'd been sick for a long time, 38 years. That's longer than some of you have been alive. But when you think about it, this man's problem was much deeper than his physical limitation. His problem extended from the outside to the inside. For the fact is, his whole life had become consumed in this problem. Think about what that meant. It's likely he was never married. Hey, It's likely he had no children, no job, no future, no plans, no hope. And when we consider him, we discover that he wasn't just crippled in his legs. His problem had become a stronghold in his entire life. It wasn't just a sickness, it was his life. When you have a life-controlling problem, you often become identified by your problem. People call you by your burden, not by your name. The woman with the issue of blood. The cripple at the beautiful gate. The man born blind. And that's how it is for many of us today. You're the son who can't get a job. You're the sister who isn't married. You're the daughter who can't have children. Your problem takes over and becomes your identity. And this man's problem may have started with an illness, but it was turned into something worse. It was a life-controlling stronghold. And the fact is, some problems start out in the natural and then move into the supernatural. That's why Paul teaches us in Ephesians 6.12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So there are bondages and spiritual forces that are coming against you. I'm not saying that every problem in your life is because of a demon or a devil. I'm not saying every illness is spiritual, but oftentimes what the enemy does is he uses physical sicknesses and natural problems in this world as an open door to begin to attack us. The physical problem or the unfortunate situation becomes an open door for the enemy to seize an opportunity and come in and begin to beat you. And when he does, he doesn't just attack your circumstances, he attacks your thinking. For the fact is, your thoughts and attitudes are the prime battleground in your life against the devil. That's what Paul teaches in 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. We live in this world, he says, but we don't fight our battles in the same way the world does. 
the weapons we use are not human ones. Our weapons have power from God and can destroy the enemy's strong places. We destroy people's arguments and we tear down every proud idea that raises itself against the knowledge of God. We also capture every thought and make it give up and obey Jesus Christ. So our warfare is not just binding the devil in prayer. Our warfare is not just pleading the blood and invoking the name of Jesus. Our warfare is in our thoughts. We need to bind the devil. We need to plead the blood. We need to shout in the name of Jesus, but we need to do something more. We need to bring every thought, every attitude, every expectation under the control of Jesus Christ. See, here's the problem. The longer you have a problem the more familiar that problem becomes and the harder it is to break. Your problem may have started from a spiritual attack, but now the devil is on autopilot and cruise control. He doesn't need to bother you again because you're contributing to your own bondage with your thoughts. We often fail to consider the gradual cumulative effect of a problem in our lives. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of a woman in the USA named Lisa Ormond and the invasion of bees in her home. Back in March of 2017, Lisa noticed some bees buzzing outside her home in Georgia, USA. Honestly speaking, Lisa didn't think much of it. But just to be safe, she called a friend over who happened to be a beekeeper. A few days later, Lisa and her friends set out to investigate to see where the bees were coming from. And when they did, Lisa was shocked to find out that bees had been living in the ceiling of her house. So Lisa hired a man named Bobby Chason to come in and get rid of the bees. But when Bobby went up above the ceiling in her house and removed the outer cover, he discovered not just a few bees, but 120,000 bees living in Lisa's ceiling. Hey! In fact, the honey and the honeycomb from those bees weighed 70 kilograms and measured two meters long. It took Bobby Chasen six hours to remove all the bees. How did 120,000 bees get into Lisa Orman's ceiling? They got there one bee at a time. One by one, for nearly three years, bees had been moving into Lisa's ceiling. She didn't notice them at first. She didn't hear them buzzing or see the bees flying past her window. But one thing leads to another, and over time, bees overwhelmed Lisa. And this is the problem for many of us today. What you become familiar with, you begin to tolerate in your life. What you tolerate in your life has the power to cripple you. The sin you tolerate today will bind you tomorrow. The attack of the enemy that you allow to go unchallenged in your life today will cripple you tomorrow. It infiltrates your mind and influences your faith. It affects what you believe and ultimately it affects your future. See, the truth is you will be controlled by whatever you believe. In Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, what you have believed will be done for you. You get what you believe, whether good 
or bad. If you believe the word of God, it will be done for you. If you believe the lies of Satan, it will be done for you. Hey, you believe you're not going to get better, so you don't get better. You think you can't, so you don't even try. You think you have no help, so you seek no help. You're limited not just by being crippled in your body, but by being crippled in your mind. And the longer the problem persists, the more discouraged you become. The longer the problem persists, the more excuses you make. The longer a problem persists, the more you learn to compensate. For the truth is, you cannot change what you're willing to tolerate. And you won't get delivered from what cripples you until you want to be free. That's why Jesus asked the man, do you want to be healed? So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Your healing begins when your desire exceeds your disability. You must say, this cannot stay. The biggest enemy of faith is the familiar. We used to accept things and accepting them leads to tolerating and we believe that we can't change. It takes faith to step away from the familiar, to step toward your destiny. You have to step away from the comfortable and the familiar. And sometimes some of us are not healed because we're just too lazy and complacent to break free. We become familiar with the problem and we're content to live with it. We believe the bad news because it's easier than building up our faith. For Proverbs 22, 13 says, the lazy person claims there's a lion outside. If I go outside, I might be killed. And laziness goes hand in hand with fear and doubt. Our enemy, the devil, is like that lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you fear him, you will be bound. That's what happened to this man. Listen to what he said. He believed a lie. He says, I have no one to help me. He couldn't see any solution. He couldn't see any way through. But when you think about his statement, I have no one to help me, it's not true at all. Really? Somebody came and brought you every day at the pool. Somebody came and brought you food every mealtime. Somebody came and bathed you and got you to the toilet. You could not have survived for 38 years by the pool of Bethesda if you had no one. But this man began to believe his limitation. He was focused on the problem, not the provider. His eyes were on the mess, not the miracle. And that's the problem for many of us today. We get familiar with our paralysis and we forget about faith. We limit our lives by looking at our circumstances and liabilities and we lose what the Lord brings to us. You may be thinking today, well, pastor, I just don't have faith like you. After all, I'm not a pastor. But friends, uh, here's what you need to understand right now. To understand faith, you need to know that faith is available for everyone. Faith is not limited to pastors or prophets or someone spiritual or someone who is over the top in their commitment. Every Christian, every child of God should have faith. In fact, God rebukes us when we lack faith. Listen to him. Hebrews 3.12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. The King James Version says, a wicked heart of unbelief. Somebody say, wicked. And it's wicked when you refuse 
to believe God's word. It's wicked when you doubt his love and power. It's wicked when you look up into the heavens and see the majestic glory of God and say, I don't believe I could ever change. To look at the handiworks of creation, the stars, the sun, and the moon, and say it can't be done is wicked. Tell your neighbor, it's wicked. Jesus Christ is the answer. With Jesus, all things are possible. Your problem may be impossible to you. Your problem may be impossible to the doctor. Your problem may be impossible to the banker. Your problem may be impossible to the lawyer, but it is not impossible to God. That's why you need Jesus prescription. And that's our second truth in our steps to freedom. Jesus prescription. Everybody say Jesus prescription. Listen to what happens in John chapter 5 verse 6. Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? Think about this for a minute. Jesus saw him. Jesus knew him. And Jesus sees you. And Jesus knows you. He knows all about you. He knows your problem. No darkness can hide you from his eyes. For Psalm 139, 7-12 says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, even in the night, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And I'm here to encourage you today. The truth of the matter is you are never hidden from God. When you think you have no one, you always have Jesus. For Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You always have Jesus. Because Hebrews 13.5 says, God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You always have Jesus. Because Psalms 9.10 says, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. You always have Jesus. When other people leave you, you always have Jesus. Because Psalm 27.10 says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You always have Jesus. For Romans 8.38 says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. You always have Jesus. And when you have Jesus, you have everything you need for life and godliness. For 2 Peter 1.3 says, Jesus has the power of God by which he has given us everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things because we know him. And I want to encourage you today. When you know Jesus, you have everything you need. You have everything you need for life. You have everything you need for power. You have everything you need to live holy. You have everything you need to make it to heaven and overcome. These things come because we know him. The knowledge of Jesus brings you the abundance of life.
Some of you are so busy chasing what you think you need, you've forgotten to chase Jesus. If you put as much effort into chasing God as you did chasing your daily bread, you would have revival. Some of you are struggling to get what you want. You're scheming and fighting. You run to prayer camps and prophets hoping for a breakthrough. You don't need a breakthrough. Jesus has already broken through. You don't have to push down the door. Jesus is the door. All you need is Jesus. For when you have Jesus, you have everything. That's why David said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more life you have. The closer you get to Jesus, the more power you have. The closer you get to Jesus, the more free you become. The cripple didn't ask to be healed. Jesus got close to him and his problem was solved. It's amazing what God will do when you get close to Jesus. One breath from Jesus will take down the devil. For 2 Thessalonians 2.8 says, Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. One breath from Jesus takes out the devil. One word from Jesus heals disease. For Matthew 8.8, the Bible says, Just say the word from where you are, Lord and my servant will be healed. One breath takes down the devil. One word heals the sickness. One command from Jesus raises the dead and resurrects your dreams. For in John eleven forty three, 43, Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come forth, and he was raised from the dead. One touch from Jesus stops the flow and releases you to freedom. That's what happened to the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9. She simply touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. One breath, one word, one touch. The demon possessed are set free. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the dead are raised, the captive is set free, the chained are liberated, the bound are unburdened. One moment with Jesus changes everything. And when you walk with Jesus and abide with Jesus, everything is possible. That's why the, Jesus asked the crippled man, do you want to be well? And he asks you the same thing today. Do you really, truly want to be free? Do you want to be liberated? Do you want to be living in life and in wholeness and in the power of God? For the power of God is yours, but the faith must come to receive it. The ability is God's, but the attitude is yours. You can't heal yourself and and God won't believe for you. Do you want it? Are you hungry for it? The situation may look hopeless, but you have to fight the fight of faith. Too often, we accept the unacceptable, but it's time to say, enough is enough. You don't need to accept your limitations. You don't need to accept the bondage you're in. You don't need to accept that sickness, that limitation, that closed door. You don't need to accept the defeat in your family. You don't need to accept being crippled in your nation. Hallelujah. That's the truth we can learn from the true story of a woman named Connie Park. Back in 2003, Connie Park started losing her sight. 
At first, she simply had trouble seeing things around her, where she was going when she was driving. But over the next five months, Connie lost more and more of her sight. Eventually, she couldn't even do simple household chores like cook or clean. She lost her job and finally lost 95% of her sight. Connie went to an eye doctor near her home, but he told her there was nothing he could do and there was no hope. The doctor told Connie she had detached retinas. She would simply have to learn to be blind. So Connie accepted the problem. She gave up hope. She accepted the status quo and learned to live as a blind woman. She thought she would never see again. But then in 2018, Connie was referred to a new doctor at a different hospital. And when Dr. Jeffrey Suhu examined her, he found out that indeed she was almost totally blind. But then he shocked Connie when he told her there was a cure for her blindness. Dr. Suhu informed Connie that the detached retina was not her problem. It was cataracts. And cataracts can be removed by surgery. So surgery was done, and Connie's sight was restored. After 15 years of blindness, Connie can now see again as well as ever out of both of her eyes. Connie Park spent 15 years blind when she didn't need to because she didn't know a cure was available. She could have had her eyes opened, but she didn't know help was there. She didn't know healing was possible. She accepted did the status quo. But when good news reached Connie Park, she acted. When the good news came that she could be healed, she acted. When the good news came that she did not have to accept her sickness, her bondage, and her darkness, and her limitations, she believed she could get better. She stepped forward in faith and received her freedom. And when you refuse to accept the status quo, you'll find your freedom as well. Your bondage will be broken as you pursue God by faith. You'll turn your problem into a platform for progress. So Jesus asks you today the same thing he asked the crippled man. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be free? Do you want to live in victory? Do you want to be changed? Do you want your nation, your family, your home, your future to be changed. For when the pain of your circumstance is greater than the pain of change, you will call on Jesus and he will set you free. When you're no longer satisfied with the shackles, you will call on Jesus and he will set you free. When you're no longer content with being crippled, you will call on Jesus and he will set you free. When you cannot stand the status quo, you'll start to see the supernatural and you'll shout, my bondage is gone. It's time we said enough is enough. The devil may have had others, but he can't have me. There are millions who are held captive, millions who are crippled, millions who are in bondage, but by God's grace, I will be free. Your mother may have died of cancer, but it won't happen to you. Your parents may have divorced, but it won't happen to you. Your neighbors may be poor, but it won't happen to you. Other nations may be gripped by civil war and corruption and shame, but I 
declare Ghana will be free by his grace. We will receive freedom in Jesus' name. I refuse to be crippled by what crippled my parents. I refuse to be bound by what binds my peers. I refuse to be limited by what limits my neighbors. I refuse to be a slave to the strongholds of my past. I will be free. I will live free. I will be delivered from what cripples me. My bondage is gone. And so I say to you today, get up and walk. Break free and live. It's time for you to be delivered from the bondage you're in. And that brings us to the third step in our journey, the man's progress. Everybody say progress. Listen to how our story ends in John 5, 8 to 9. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. And God is speaking to somebody today. He's talking to every one of us today. He says, it's time to get up out of your bondage and walk free. It's time to get up and move forward. It's time to make progress. In his name, the chains are broken. In his name, the bondage is gone. In his name, the sickness is healed. In his name, every limitation is being removed. For God says, you have stayed here long enough. You've been in that bondage long enough. You've been crippled for too long, and it's time to move on. Hear the word of the Lord to you today from Deuteronomy 1, 6 to 8. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. Look, I'm giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it. And God is speaking these words to you today. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. You've been bound long enough. And God is moving you forward into the promised land of your deliverance. He's elevating you to new levels. He's opening doors to new horizons. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, in every way, financially. God says it's time to break camp from the past and move forward in freedom to your future. Friends, the grace of God is here right now to take over in your life. See, you may be crippled in some area. You may have allowed your problems to control your life. You may have your hand out and your head down. But the grace of God is bigger than your need. The grace of God is searching and lifting. The grace of God is reaching you. He's here to move you forward. You see, the Christian life is all about moving forward. If you're a Christian walking in faith, you'll be making progress. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We are being changed to become more like him so that we have more and more glory. So I declare to you today, it's time to move on. It's time to make progress. It's time to get up and get going. God is calling you to new levels. He's calling you to add to your life. For 2 Peter 1, 5 to 9 says, do all you can to add. Somebody say add. Do all you can to add to your life these things. To your faith, add goodness. To your goodness, add knowledge. To your knowledge, add self-control. To your self-control, add patience. To your patience, add devotion to God. To your devotion to God, add kindness toward your brothers and sisters in Christ. And to this kindness, add love. If all these things are in you and growing. Listen carefully. If all these things are in you and growing, 
you will never fail to be useful to God. You will produce the kind of fruit that should come from our knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who don't grow in these blessings are blind. They cannot see clearly what they have. They've forgotten that they were cleansed from their past sins. So God lays before us today a picture of two paths. The Christian who is growing and producing and the one who is not growing and blind. If you grow in the things of God, you will never fail. If you don't grow, you have failed already. You won't see what God has for you. You will miss his plan. For if you're not growing, if you're not adding to your life, you're getting bound. You're blind. You can't see what God is doing. You've forgotten the miracles he's done in the past to set you free. Have you forgotten what Jesus has done for you? Have you forgotten that he's washed you of your sins? Have you forgotten that you're a new creature in Christ? Don't you know that Jesus died on the cross to save you? Don't you remember that he rose from the dead to give you life? Don't you know that he ascended on high and is seated at the right hand of the Father and is making intercession for you right now today? He's placed everything under his authority. If he did all of that for you, won't he still work on your behalf today? Won't he open open closed doors? Won't he heal damaged marriages? Won't he break through in your life physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally? Then I'd say it's time to get up and praise him. Get up and worship him in faith. It's time to thank him and remember his mighty power that is working on our behalf. For Jesus doesn't want your excuses. He wants to see your faith. And praise is the language of faith. So when you get up right now and begin to thank him, if you get up and begin to rejoice, if you get up and begin to shout, you will see victory. So let me ask you a question today. If you could only possess tomorrow what you're thankful for today, what would you possess tomorrow? If tomorrow you only had the things that you thanked God for today, what would you have tomorrow? It's time to make progress. It's time to awaken what you have in Christ. It's time to walk in faith and victory. It's time to get up and praise him. What is holding you back? What is keeping you in bondage? What is stealing your destiny? What is robbing you of your peace? Be set free. Rise up and shout, my bondage is gone. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you right now to say this prayer after me. Just repeat this prayer by faith. Dear Lord, I want to be free from everything that binds me. Break every stronghold of the enemy from off my life. Break every barrier holding me back. Break the power of sin in my life. Give me the strength to live for you every day. I believe in you. I seek you today. Thank you for all that you've done for me. I'm ready for you to do something new in my life. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man and woman, boy and girl watching or listening this message today. I pray you come by the power of your Holy Spirit and let us see the problems in our life for what they are. 
Lord, do not allow the outward problems to affect us internally. Don't allow the sickness, the financial setback, the temporary struggles to affect our mind and our heart. But help us to take captive every thought, to bring it under your control, to realize that as long as we have you, we have all that we need. Today I pray, Lord, that your prescription will overcome our problem. Today I pray that your power will overwhelm our predicament. I pray today, Lord, that you will loose the spirit of the living God to bring life and healing and deliverance and financial provision and jobs and marriages and children and everything we need. Lord, peace in our nation. Bring, oh God, what we need. Help us to not settle for the status quo. Help us, oh God, to be stirred today to get up in faith and move forward to make progress to get up and answer the call to get close to you help us today Lord to reject uh, the way things are and to say we will not be content we will seek the Lord we will get our breakthrough we will rise in faith and shout my bondage is gone thank you Lord for you are blessing your people and I declare liberty and power and life and wholeness and healing to everyone today for your glory and honor. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.